back then, it was very much if you look a certain way, then your life will be a certain way. And that could not be further from the truth because the more I looked that, the more miserable I became because of that pressure. Because I'm now putting the pressure on myself to keep up and to train harder and to maintain this physique. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Rach Active Podcast. We're bringing you insightful conversations to help you live an active and inspired life. So make sure you hit subscribe so that you get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. Thank you so much for joining me each week to learn and grow along your health and wellness journey. It would be so amazing if you could leave a rating and review to help us bring you more episodes in the future. I'm your host, Rachel J, and I'm so excited to welcome my guest to the show today. She is the creator and founder of She's a kundalini yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, and also a personal trainer. Welcome to the show, Leah Simmons. <laughs> Hi. So nice to be here. <laughs> it's so nice to have you on the show. And I know that, you know, we're recording this episode during a very crazy time. And, you know, you're in Sydney and I'm in Melbourne. So we're both locked down right now. But, um, <laughs> but I think you know, the things that you're doing um, is really giving back to, I feel like what people really need right now with Kaya and the community that you've created. So um, I'm very excited to get stuck into talking to you all about that. But I actually came to you through one of my friends, Tess, who really loves, absolutely loves your workouts. And so I sort of looked into you a little bit more and you've you've had such an incredible journey. So I'm really interested to know because you started your life as a DJ back in the day, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't find me much online in, the, in those days, but uh, yes, it's true. Yeah. I began my, um, well, music has always been such a huge um, inspiration for me. It's been a massive part of my life. Um, all through school, I was a singer. I was in every kind of musical band and school show you could ever sort of um, think of. And when, um, you know, all of my school friends went off to uni after they finished, my, I, much to my parents' horror, turned around and said, I don't want to go to uni. I want to be a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and they, um, they pick themselves up off the floor. Well, like, okay then, um, sure, follow your dream. Well, I was very lucky that I had some supportive um, parents. And, you know, this was back in the late 90s and wow. there weren't that many, um, I know, I'm, I'm 44. You <laughs> so, do not look 44, by the way. <laughs> thank you. I don't feel 44. What is that? What's age anyway, really? Exactly. Yeah, but it was an interesting time in the music industry. It was, um, you know, there weren't that many um, prominent female DJs. They were there, but they were a little bit more underground. Um, it, you know, it just wasn't a profession that uh, I think women uh, got into that much. And when I started, um, you know, in, this, in the music genre that I was playing, there was probably only two or three. So on one hand, um, you know, it was a bit of, uh, it was a little bit harder. I guess we had to prove ourselves rather than um, just, you know, turn up. But I, on the other hand, because it was almost a novelty at the beginning, people were more inclined to give you a go, just just almost to see you fail. <laughs> you yeah, right. And um, um, But the opposite happened and um, I started uh, actually doing quite well in 
the club scene and that led to me um, getting a job for a, a dance music radio station, which was awesome. It was one of those, um, uh, what FBI I think is now, we were sort of all vying for the same radio frequency and um, and it was just such a, it's an incredible time in the music industry. There was no iTunes. There was there was very little sort of online music sharing. So when, as a producer or a DJ or someone in music, you really had to search around to find that new track or make, you know, it was about who you knew and, and yes. it was just, it was just a bit more of an adventure. And also, you know, going out to buy a song was like, you're spending $20, not a dollar. So you had to make sure it was the one that you wanted to buy. Anyway, um, you know, I was working for the station. Uh, I was encouraged uh, back in 2000 to um, enter a, 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 a competition put on by Red Bull called, called the Red Bull Music Academy, and it was the first year that they ran it. I think they're still running it. I'm, I'm not sure. But the prize was to go overseas for two weeks and be mentored by some of the cream of the music industry crop. And it was open to the world. So they had, I think they had about 3000 people enter and 16 people got selected and I was one of them. And, um, I know. So, well, two days before I was supposed to leave because it was scheduled to be in New York, September 11 happened. And, um, Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, devastating. And, but, but what happened was they postponed the competition, the prize to London the following January. And that set me off on a completely different trajectory. I went to London. Um, I'm my father's English. I have family over there. And um, I what started off as going over for two weeks, I ended up staying for six weeks. I then came home, packed up my entire life, like sold my house, everything, and was like, I'm moving to London. And went over there uh, early 2002, and ended up running a record label over there. I had such an incredible sort of six years. Yeah, it was it was wild, and um, you know, it was de- it was the definition of work hard, play hard. <laughs> yes. And so tell me about that because your life obviously then looked a lot different than it does now, right? Oh, yes. What did, what did oh, your life yeah. look like? You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what does what does life look like for any? you know, 20-something person that's, like, living their dream, no dependence, no responsibilities, overseas, just living the life. And, you know, it was really uh, the most amazing time in music. Uh, I went to every festival in not only the UK, but I toured around with the label. So we were going to Europe, going to festivals, we were going to the States. Um, And luckily, the DJs that I looked after were massive in Australia. So every summer festival um, period in Australia, my DJs would come back and do the massive tour and I was like, I'm coming. <laughs> Got to come and visit my family. It's so for work, would, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would get to come back to Australia and have a couple of months here in, this, in the Australian summer, which was so good because London winter is just, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it gets to a point where it, it's, it's fun, but then you're kind of like, what is beyond that? And every time I'd come back to Australia, I'd like stumble off the plane, in like pale, you know, I was a night owl. Like it was just, it was nocturnal. And my mom would look at me and she'd just be like, <laughs> what's going on? So she would drag me to her Pilates classes and be like, you need some help. You need to look after yourself and all that stuff that mums say. I say it to my kids now. 
<laughs> so I know where she was coming from. But that sort of spawned my love of Pilates and the Pilates method. So so eventually when I decided that, you know, enough was enough in London, I was about to turn 30. I was like, I need a new direction. As I said, iTunes had just started. The music industry was restructuring. So I felt like my time in it was kind of coming to a close. I was like, what else can I what else can I do? Mm. So I moved back to Australia and I decided to um, train as a PT and get my Pilates studio certification. And I did that. And I worked in a wonderful studio in Sydney for eight years. Um, wow. And it was just, it was an amazing time. And I really, and to this day, I still really believe in the method. It's part of Kaya and um, mm. it's, it really builds a strong foundation in your body. Um, but I guess, you know, why I I got to the point while I was training myself and training my clients, the conversations were always very similar around, um, you know, they, they, they knew they were doing something that was physically good for them. But the conversations that I was having them with people showed this real dissatisfaction with their uh, lives on a whole. There was always this dis- disconnect between feeling good and, you know, um, everybody was a little bit mentally, un- mentally unstable, but th- there wasn't this real sense of a holistic sort of feeling of health. That mind-body connection that Pilates is so good at. Mm. Well, the, the reason that I started to tap into that was because I was experiencing it. And um, I'm going to sort of continue on like fast forward through my journey Mm. yeah tell me about what drew you into this moment of transformation for you personally Instagram had just started it it had just been launched and it was this platform that you know everybody could um, show how wonderful their lives were and you could see a photo of someone and comment and it was just this new sort of um, this new platform and I got really swept up in in the whole Instagram wave. And I was like, this is great. It's a great way to promote um, what I'm doing. You know, I was body by Leah Simmons and it was all about looking good and training and da 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 and all sorts of stuff. And I guess the more I um, the more I started creating content around myself for the platform, the more I realized how manufactured. I was making myself. Now, I'm not speaking to everybody else. I'm talking about myself here. You know, it was, you know, it starts off with a filter and then it's, then it's three, you know, 30 photos to get that one photo. And then I started thinking, what the, what am I doing? Like, what yeah. am I trying to, to prove? And what the caption is, is like, look at me in this spontaneous moment. You too can be like this. <laughs> when in actual fact it took like an hour to get 30, that shot to 30 make takes. It. exactly and then yeah. I was like hang on a second there's this is not right and I, like I didn't make that connection for a while but what I was doing was spiraling down into a like pit of I'm not good enough I'm I don't look good enough I'm not I'm not keeping up with whatever everybody else is doing. Like it's crazy. Did you feel that was pressure from other looking at other people's accounts and, totally. and comparing yourself to all you know? One hundred percent. And yeah, the, right. the like the ironic thing is is that society back then, and and it's definitely changed now. There's a huge, there's a massive, um, there's a very different narrative now. But back then, it was very much if you look a certain way, 
then your life will be a certain way. And that could not be further from the truth because the more I looked that, the more miserable I became because of that pressure. Because I'm now putting the pressure on myself to keep up and to train harder and to maintain this physique, you know, and, and it was just like, oh, it was exhausting. Um, my, my adrenal system was in complete meltdown. I was not eating healthily. I probably wasn't eating at all, to be honest with you. Like I was fostering some really unhealthy habits to maintain this kind of um, physical look and would you say that's kind of a persona that you almost created that you felt like you had to live up to, like this this persona Definitely. of perfection? Yeah. Leah Simmons and Body by Leah Simmons became two completely separate things, you know, and that's when I started to go, wait a second, there's something not right here because Leah Simmons is suffering because of the pressure of this, this fake thing that I've created. I've actually created my own, you know, and, and, and that's what happens and, I've spoken to so many people about this. You, when you're in it, you don't really realize it until you just one day go, "Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah, something's not right." And yeah. so, I started to ask myself, "What does it mean to be fit? Like, what is fitness? Mm. Is it just having strong muscles or having like the ability to run up a hill?" Or is it something else? You know, what does it mean to be healthy? What is health? And I think these questions were starting to come up in um, in a broad in a broader conversation around because I think I wasn't the only body, uh, the only one that was feeling this way. I think there were a lot of people that were going, "I'm not feeling good." Like this is supposed to make you feel good. Like you might get yeah. that instant gratification of those that endorphin rush, but then it doesn't carry through or translate into your life. And I'm like, I want to feel good all the time, not just when I'm in the gym and then 15 minutes after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I started um, asking myself a lot of questions, internal questions, and poking around in some different um, different things. And it was, it was at that same time where I met my now husband, who fortunately lived in Bali. And um, we were doing a bit of a long distance thing for a while, but then after I was like, you know, we need to kind of work it out. And, and um, so I was, I ended up doing, because I have a son who I have from a previous relationship who was in Sydney with his dad and we were sharing him. So I would do two weeks in Sydney, two weeks in Bali, two weeks in Sydney, two weeks oh in Bali. Oh my goodness. And I did this for, wow. I know. Yeah, it was a lot of travel, but I mean, look, I was flying off to a new love. And yes. I was flying home to my son. So it wasn't, it, there was nothing. Um, Plus now it's amazing that you got to do that because none of us can travel right now. Only getting on an airplane. I know, going <laughs> so overseas. <true. laughs> so anyway, it was actually Adrian who, you know, he endured, I mean, kudos to him with the patience and the tolerance of me, just the self-deprecating, the self-loathing, the self-doubt that was coming out of me while I was trying to keep up with this ideal, you know, and he turned around to me one day and he was just like, oh, my God, you need to get a grip. <laughs> he was like, I can't do this anymore. You're, you're like, you are an angry, miserable human being who cannot see, you know, like something's got to change or I'm out. And I was like, oh, wow. And that was a huge um that was a massive wake up call for me. And I was like, okay, 
I need to take a step back and just stop everything that I'm doing, reassess not only what I'm doing, but why, why I'm doing it. Like, what is the reason that I am so obsessed with having this body or this whatever? And what are the areas in my life that I'm completely neglecting? My son, my mental health, my emotional stability and all those things. And luckily being in Bali, which is one of the most spiritual and healing places on the planet, um, we had access to um, a lot of different modalities. And one of the biggest influences in my life was a guy called Mark Copeland, who um, he runs a company called Smart Mind, which my husband still works with um, to this day. And he introduced me to a body of work that just made everything make sense. It was all about energy mm-hmm. and the fact that there are actually four pillars of energy um, that make you, you. There's mental, there's physical, there's emotional, and there's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And the health of one is directly linked to the health of another. If you're driving your energy up in one pillar but neglecting the others, that is going to, first of all, you're not going to get any kind of a balanced uh, balanced result. You're just going to be on this roller coaster of up and down, up and down, up and down the whole time. And it's not going to have any kind of lasting effects. So the, you know, the whole concept that we are energy and it's actually the amount of energy, the quality of energy and, and how much we can um, keep that energy contained inside us was like a mind-blowing um, thing for me to to learn. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So physical energy done, training, got it down pat. But how do you, you know, how do you train the mental pillar? How do you train your spiritual energy? Yes. <laughs> Had you been spiritual at all prior to that, looked into any spiritual philosophies or anything, it was all, or is it all new to you at that point? I, I worshipped at the, you know, at the, the, the foot of the dance floor. <laughs> I bowed down to the, like, no, absolutely no. Right. <laughs> there wow. was no, yeah, I, I, I didn't come from a religious family. It wasn't, um, it wasn't something that I ever looked at. And I think back then also spiritual spirituality was a little bit of a, a bit of a dirty word. It was a bit woo-woo. Yes. You know, and yeah. people didn't actually understand. Um, for me now, spirituality is just all about connection and that's it. You know, it, it, it transcends religion. It transcends everything. It's yeah. just about how connected you are to yourself and how connected you are to the present and, um, you know, but so, you know, being in Bali was amazing because Mark took us on this incredible sort of um, ride of experiencing different ways to raise your energy across all of the pillars. And, I mean, I'm talking like so we were on extended fasts for like weeks. We were doing hours of Qigong and Kundalini yoga and breath work and blah, blah, and all this stuff. And, oh, my God, like the change was incredible. It was mm. unbelievable. What was the first thing you noticed? I felt so much better. I was happy, like happy for the first time in my life, happy with myself. Um, I I really started to cultivate a beautiful relationship with me and all of my idiosyncrasies and flaws and and, and things. There was I I let go of my concept of perfection. Um, my relationship with my husband was just on fire. Like we you just change as a human 
And what's interesting, and I don't know if you've ever seen, because I show it in my class sometimes, the emotional frequency chart of a human. No, I haven't seen that. So so they've actually mapped out the, the, the frequency of different emotions. And you know the term raise your energy or, or, or raise your vibration? Yes. Like does yes. anybody even know what that really means? I guess it's a very vague term, isn't it? Well, it correlates to the speed that you are literally vibrating at. And different emotions vibrate at different speeds. So when you look at the emotional frequency chart of a human being, down the bottom between like 20 and 150 are guilt, shame, apathy, fear, anger, desire, right? Those are very contractive, um, low vibrational emotions, right? And most of the world um, resonates at about 100 to 150. And 100 is the, um, the frequency of fear. As you start to move up in the frequencies, um, you start to move up into things like courage, um, willingness, neutrality, acceptance, that moves up into love, that then goes up into things like um, peace, compassion, and right at the top, right at the top of the chart at 900 is gratitude. Wow. I know, right? Love that. Love that. Yes. So... When you can see that, because I'm a, I'm a bit of a, like, I'm a bit of a keyboard warrior. I'd be like, oh, I need to, you know, I'm a researcher. <laughs> I yeah, like to yeah. see where things come from. My husband takes things on face value. He's like, oh, if it feels good, I'll just believe it. I'm like, no, I need to know where that comes from. Yeah. So when I, you know, when I, re- when I stumbled, I was like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense, right? So how do you get from the lower vibration up to the high vibrations, right? It's energy. And the things that you want to avoid are things called energy leaks. And there's four main ones. The first one is judgment. The second one is resistance. The third one is a fixed mindset. And the fourth one is not being authentic. And, you know, they're like the, they're like the other four pillars that you sort of also want to watch that you're kind of, you know, because saying what you mean, meaning what you say. Yes. We all know how bad it feels when you walk around knowing in your head that there's um, you know, an unresolved issue or a tough conversation you have to have with someone you haven't done it. There's all this, you know, you, you're not in the present moment. And all those things are energy leaks and they keep you kind of down in that low vibration. So to cut a long story short, we did all of these modalities to help raise our energy so that we were, con- you know, consistently in that upper, in those upper levels. And, oh, my God, like was feeling amazing. And your life changes and what happens is when you start to give out those like good vibes, you start to get those good vibes back. And I am a firm believer in the way that you view yourself is the way that the world views you. And so if you're constantly living in a space of self-love and gratitude and, you know, feeling joyful, that's what you're going to get You attract that back. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's more like that. The, the energy that you're emitting or you, that you're putting out in the world just kind of, like you were saying before with the vibrations, like that like attracts like, right? So if you're putting That's out right. that vibration, then you're going to draw back that vibration back to you. It's, it's the law of attraction, you know, mm. it's plain and simple. And, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's, it really is something to live by. Like it's, um, and it's really simple as well because you know when you're not 
um, living that, you know, living those values or living those beliefs. And, you know, you start to become hyper aware of where you're really at. And that can also be, um, you know, that can be a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow for some people is going, oh, I thought I was here and actually here. (laughs) I think people do find it hard to, to be because deep down we know what's true for us ultimately. You know, there's that part of ourselves that has that wisdom that knows what's authentic, but we also consciously know sometimes when we override that and go ahead and do something that we know is not really in alignment with that, with who we truly are, how do you think that we can find that alignment that we can actually live that truth rather than just override that feeling? You know, It's a really interesting question and the answer I think is going to activate um, some people your truth, what you think your truth is, is something that you have created in the vibration that you are in now, if that makes sense. Yes. So a lot of who we think we are is actually conditioning. Since we're born, right, we get conditioned from our parents, from our teachers, from our friends, from the people around us, from ourselves, and we start to form belief systems around who we are, what we believe, what is important to us, what we are capable of. And what is interesting is that, um, you know, these belief systems shape our life and these belief systems manifest in the decisions that we make every single day. And unbeknownst to us, because it's mostly an unconscious unconscious or involuntary act, you can only become conscious of them when you start to raise your energy because it it asks you to become so self-aware that you're actually the observer of yourself and you're not... Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a big topic and it's a big concept. But it's like I think- egoic self is what you've spoken about before is knowing that who your true self is but then who this egoic or created self is and having the self-awareness to take that third position and That's witness right. what's Absolutely. going on. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know, if you break it down, like if I asked you, if there was something that I asked you to do and you were afraid of it and you said to me, oh, I can't do that, do you really truly believe that you can't? do it or you just don't want to and is that truly you is that really you is that true it's not and we we you know we shape our beliefs around us and what happens is that the walls of our comfort zone start to kind of close in and close in and close in on us until we're like I've created this comfort bubble around me which is safe you know it's 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 comfortable in here but am I growing as a human? Am I, am I expanding? Am I, am I welcoming every opportunity that I deserve to get by staying in my comfortable little bubble? And, you know, the answer is different for everybody and it requires a lot of courage and trust to be able to step outside of your comfort zone. But deep down, I believe that everybody inherently has a strength inside them that far exceeds what they believe. And what Kaya does is gives them a little taste of the the potential that exists inside them that they are unlocking. It's not a therapist or anybody else. It's them. 
And that can be a really emotional revelation. One, because you've, you've got this kind of taste of freedom, but two, because you realize that you have been in your way <laughs> the whole life. <laughs> you've basically put up all of these roadblocks oh, on your goodness. path because of, of your likes and your dislikes. It's mm. literally you choose to do something not because you can't do it, but because you don't want to. Mm. And, and there's a huge chasm in between those two things. And I just, I want people to experience what I experienced, which was emotional freedom and um, just feeling really good <laughs> all the time. Mm. I guess it's like coming to this state of empowerment. So instead of being a victim or um, sort of blaming out of circumstances or witnessing things and feeling like you can't control it or you like you said all those beliefs that come in that say I can't do this I can't do that that's not me this is not me etc but unlocking and freeing yourself from those constraints and then empowering yourself then to to decide it's okay if you don't want to do it but you consciously then decide whether you want to or not rather than an unconscious default response to something. A hundred percent. You've articulated that so beautifully. It's so true because what it comes down to is the fact that you have a choice yes. and you're not bound by, um, you know, the forces from the outside. You have a choice every moment to decide how you want to proceed. And, you know, there's a great quote where it's, it's something like, you know, the, the space between stimulus and response is the space of true transformation. And that's it. It's a nanosecond in between something happening and your reaction to it where you will find the power to be able to really ask yourself, you know, how you want to respond to that. So it becomes a response, not a reaction. Yes. And I think you also brought up um, a really good point around the blame game. You know, it's mm. a big big thing for people Huge. to accept responsibility for where they are at in their life because it's so much easier to be like, oh, I'm the way I am because my parents were fucked up or I'm the way that I am because my teacher told me I was would amount to nothing. Like all of that external stuff, what I like to look at it as is um, lessons. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's everything that happens to you is really for you to – to learn from, to grow from, to take a nugget or a, gold, a piece of gold out of, you know, and apply it to the rest of your life and allow it to shape you as a person. But the other thing that you need to also understand is that the people that are projecting that onto you have their own conditioning that they are also dealing with. So their response, it's probably got nothing to do with you personally anyway, but it's them and their own self-doubt and their own fears and their own, uh, you know, coming out. And that's the way that they manifest it. So it's this, we're all kind of interconnected in this beautiful way. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very freeing um, thing to tap into, but it's also, it's a, it, it's a big responsibility and you can't, I know it. <laughs> you know, that saying of, you know, ignorance is bliss. You can ignorant. I mean, the thing is, we all know. Deep down, we all know. It's just whether you're ready to actually know. And then because you've got to take action. Once you know and once you take responsibility for your life, once you've heard that, you know, sort of intuition or that inner self, you realise that part of yourself, you can't not hear it. And That's you right. know if you are 
consciously ignoring it. Uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but you know, you just again, you said it. You know that saying, "Knowledge is power." No, knowledge is not power. The power comes in actioning yes. what it is potential that you know. Potential power. Knowledge exactly. is potential power. So yes. you know, you it's 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 having all of this knowledge and then going, okay, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to apply it to myself? To um, you know, to improve my situation, to better my, you know, whatever it is, whatever outcome you want. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think where the power comes from is actually putting that knowledge into action. Um, so tell me about Kaya and the actual setup of the class, because it does obviously incorporate these pillars that you were talking about. And it's unlike any other kind of workout that I've heard of before. I mean, you know, there's, there's, Yes, you can go do Pilates. I'm a Pilates trainer, so I love it. And you can go do yoga. Every piece is sort of separate and you can go do the different classes and whatnot. But this is a combination incorporating these four pillars. So how does that look like? What does that look like for somebody who's actually participating in the class? Because yeah. it's – I know you've said too, this is this is to – this is not just about transforming your body. This is about transforming your life. Absolutely. And mm. – so after we, you know, spent the time in Bali going through this sort of journey of understanding which modalities um, really helped to sort of support and enhance each of the pillars, I was like, you know, there's no workout out there in the fitness industry, right? I'm talking in the fitness industry because the fitness industry was very limited to just physical fitness and things like meditation and mindfulness had just sort of started to become a little bit more mainstream, but they were again seen as something that you did on top of a physical workout. You know, it wasn't very um, efficient. It was time consuming. And um, I was like, I need to create something that incorporates each of these modalities into a workout that you can do in under an hour because everybody that I'd spoken to um, and myself included pretty much only, you know, gives themselves one hour a day to train. So I was like, how do I get all of that into squash it into an hour? And so I was like, I'm just going to pick the best bits from each of the modalities and create something. So we'll go through mental pillar. Okay. Breath work. You cannot get uh, a better training modality to enhance your mental capacity, and I'm talking your brain function, as well as bringing you into the present moment than focused breath work. There are so many amazing um, breath work practitioners. I mean, think Wim Hof. You know, like there's, mm. it, it is proven now that active breathing is so, so beneficial from a health level, but also from a, uh, you know, a mental level. So getting rid of that brain fog, it improves memory. It, um, it boosts your immune, immune system because you are getting some, you know, focused oxygen delivery into the body. It's really um, designed to bring you into the present moment, ground you into your body and start to breathe properly. We probably use about 20% of our lung capacity and that's just rubbish. You know what I mean? When it's really, it's our, it's the fuel that... <laughs> We put in our body to drive us. So the the workout always starts with breath work. It then moves into the body work, which is the physical pillar. And it's about a 28-minute, depending on the length of the class that you're doing, it's about a 28-minute sort of hit style but Pilates-based workout. 
Um, we always do about four different parts and they focus on a different um, a different body part. So I'll always do, you know, upper body, lower body, push, pull, core, squats, you know. So it's it's a functional sequence of movements that is very much rooted in Pilates. So it's body weight based, it's deep core conditioning. It's there to sort of really um, lengthen and strengthen your muscles and build a strong, resilient body from the inside. That then moves into, and it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a challenging workout. You'll sweat. Um, so then that moves into, so we've got, we've done um, breath work, body work, meditation for our emotional pillar. So the um, the body work moves into a beautiful guided meditation and it's around different themes. It depends on what I'm focusing on that day. It could be a chakra journey. It could be a heart-centered thing. It could be connecting to your foundations. It really is, again, it's bringing you into the present moment, allowing you to really center, focus on your breath, um, play with a couple of different themes, ask yourself how you're feeling, like really how you're feeling out of your mind, you know, away from the distraction of your thoughts and the stories that we create but deeply into your heart, like how are you feeling? And then that then moves into the spiritual pillar, which is an integration technique, which I have adapted from Kundalini Yoga, and it's an extended arm hold, which uh, sometimes the arm positions are different. It can go anywhere from 8 minutes to 11 minutes to beyond. I haven't really, <laughs> you know, we're sort of playing with a, with a few different things. But the arm hold is really to be treated as a metaphor for sitting in a space of discomfort and finding the strength inside you to be able to ask yourself, can I just take one more breath? Can I sit here for one more second despite what my mind is telling me? And that's where you get that realisation that you are not, you know, a lot of those thoughts or those fears that start to come down through your mind that want to take you out of that situation because your fight or flight response will kick in. It's something different in your body. You'll, it'll, you'll start to feel some sensations and your body will start to go, get me out of here. I'm not safe. And that is simply not true. And so if you can sort of push past those sort of perceived limits, what happens to you is you're like, oh, my God. So if I can do that, then what if I could apply that technique, that logic, whatever you want to call it, to other challenges that I face within my life? What would happen if I just, rather than reacting, just took a moment, took a breath and was like, hang on a minute, can I actually do this? And I've had some unbelievable responses to um, to this realization in people like I have a mantra that I repeat very much you know all the way through the class it's I can do this I am doing this it's 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 not only a positive affirmation for yourself giving you you that little pet talk of like yes I can do it but you are like you're in the middle of it you're you've got your arms up you're doing it yes so you know come into the present moment celebrate what you're doing see if you can do it a little bit longer Mm. And then that gives you energy that. to continue, you know, and, and by the end, there's tears flowing. There's just, you know, but it's tears of joy and happiness. And uh, I think people just get a little bit overwhelmed at just how capable they are. <laughs> so that's Kaya in a nutshell. Breathwork, 
bodywork, meditation, integration, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, all wrapped up with a nice little bow. Amazing. And the soundtrack, obviously, my 18 years spent as a DJ is very important as well. I've mixed the soundtrack. Um, it takes you on a sonic journey because, again, music is vibration and it contains frequency and it can very much affect your physiology and your emotional um, state as well. So it was important for me to have, um, you know, a, a soundtrack that complemented the workout um, as well. So, yeah. I love that so, so much. And you've created this amazing community. I mean, Kaya hasn't been around for that long, but there, there is a huge community that, that you've created through this. And you've been doing free live Zooms through this lockdown. And some of these workouts, you're getting, you know, over 600 people showing up. <laughs> this sense of community. What, what, why is this so important? Because especially during this period of time, this is just... Well, I think people are craving connection and they're craving a meaningful connection and they're craving a, a safe space where they can be vulnerable and they're craving a space where they can be themselves in all of their, you know, whatever. I get people turning up in their pyjamas. I'm a nut. So, like, I open every class doing lip syncing to 80s music because I want people to feel um, comfortable enough to just shake off, you know, whatever 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 they've brought into the space and just get rid of it and you know come as you are because that's what it is I have eight years old to 80 years old in the zooms there is no physical limitation that I would say that would prevent you from at least sitting in a class and trying do you know what I mean it's there's no judgment around it I have people with physical disabilities I have people with um, mental disabilities. I have such an amazing group of people. I have um, one of my dear friends who um, ended up in hospital with a, a spinal um, condition has been in her hospital bed doing with the Zoom class, you know, doing what she can do. And she, the progress she has made simply because of the mantra, I can do this, I am doing this. Her doctors have said, you know, she's got a three to six month um, recovery. She's been in there for two weeks and is walking down the hospital hallway as well. And they can't believe it because it's, it's a mental Amazing. mindset. You know, you mental put yourself thing. into mm. a frame of mind where it's like, no, I can do this. And that's what you dedicate your, your time to. Um, I think also this work, it's it's an interesting thing for me because you know I obviously had a studio I wasn't even focused on online I did, I did I didn't even know how to do a Zoom call <laughs> I never really I just didn't know I had a studio I was doing twenty people in it da, 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 da. COVID hit I was like this work has to be out there like people need to do this there's no and I had people messaging me constantly going how do I you know where can we do this so I just threw it up one day and I was like, whoever wants to join me on Zoom, this is the link. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it every day during the lockdown, thinking it was only going for two weeks. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to make a promise to you, big declaration. Every day during lockdown, I'm going to be on the mat. Come with me. So 20 people turned into 40 people turned into, you know, and then the lockdown got extended and I'm still here. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> that turned into like a hundred people. I was like a hundred people on my Zoom. Oh my god! I had to upgrade my Zoom subscription to like fit them all in. And then 
you know, it kept going, kept going, and then it was just this mission. And I was like, there is something in this. Like the the people were just, you know, I didn't have to really do anything. They were doing it. They were sharing it. They were spreading the word. They were sharing their experiences. They were sharing their stories. And, you know, here we are 68 days later. <laughs> it's still going. I think I've had three still days. I think strong. I've had three days off. <laughs> I was going to say too, as as an instructor and a trainer, like you, you want to take your time too to recharge as well. But I feel like this kind of work when you're leading it, it feels like it would be so uh, energy. Oh like my you would God. get a lot of energy so from much. it anyway. And it's so much. I mean, yeah. and I get really, like today, for example, I was bawling by the end of it. I feel what people are feeling. And um, it's just mind-blowing to me that, um, you know, people are starting to awaken to their own to their own innate um, amazingness. <laughs> that's, that's, and I've, I feel so grateful to be able to be a part of that. Um, so, yes. Well, I think it's so amazing, so amazing what you're doing. And I feel that, you know, especially during this time, it's just, you know, giving people something to really start their day with that, that is grounding and, and hits all of those areas, not just the physical as well. Um, one of the things that I really love to talk to my guests uh, about rejection and failure, because this, I guess this is one thing that we all experience in our life and, you know, what has been your biggest rejection or failure and what's the biggest lesson that you learned from it? <laughs> um, oh, well, it was probably way back in my DJing days when um, I turned up to one of my gigs and I don't think that the the person that was greeting me there had any idea that it was a woman. And he literally looked at me and he looked me up and down, you know, like the thing, and he goes, wow, we must really be scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, you know, nowhere near as much, like, resilience as I was like a 20-year-old 20, 20 little freshie that was just like, <laughs> what do I do with that? And so, you know, I had to kind of, going there but I was just like you know what fuck you and I played the best set <laughs> ever and then when they wanted to rebook me I was like no <laughs> <laughs> so, you know I mean I wouldn't do that now I think compassion compassion demanded but um it was a little like <laughs> but I do think I do think every every um everything along the path is there for you to learn from and they should and especially now I have a nearly 12-year-old boy who's um, very impressionable. They're watching everything you do. They're, um, you know, they're, they're kind of, you're shaping these humans. I also have a three-year-old daughter who is very, very much, um, you know, the Kaya. <laughs> She's very funny. But my son, um, you know, I have to be really careful around how I frame um, his development as well. And, you know, you don't want to, you want them to have a compass. You want them to have goals. You want them to be able to strive to um, to better themselves. You also want them to be able to be resilient enough to pick themselves up if they have stumbled. But you never address anything as a failure. There is no fail. There is only learn. You know, and if you if you keep repeating the same um, behaviour, the same patterns that lead to the same sorts of results, then that's something that is also there for you to look at. Like, where is that coming from? Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no magic bullet. Mm. 
I also like to ask my guests too about, you know, if you had an overarching statement to which you try to live your life by, what would that be? I can do this. I am doing this. <laughs> I love it. So good. Just brings you back to the present right. moment. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you so know, good. that's where the magic is. That is where the ability to transform lives and it's away from the past. It doesn't, it's not concerned with the future. It is, it's, it's about um, what can I do in the, in the now? Um, I remember one of my, um, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world is Ram Das, And um, I just feel like he was such a shining light. And I watched this documentary on him um, not so long ago. And it was in his, his sort of final stages of his life. So he was in his wheelchair and, um, you know, he's reminiscing. But on the side of him, he had all of his medications and stuff, but there was a little alarm clock, like an old school clock with like the hand, this, the hands and, you know, and it didn't have any numbers on it. It just said now, 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 now. And I'm like, I'm a genius. I love no that. Time. I love that. There's just now. Yes. There's actually a quote. I don't know if you've read this book, The Peaceful Warrior by Dan Milman. Um, he has a quote in his book that says, where are you here? What time is it now? Now, exactly. And I it's so true. Point. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's really, really amazing and a lovely philosophy to live by. So where can people find you and Kaya if they do want to join in on this amazing workout? Because obviously lockdown's still going on. So you're still putting them on. Absolutely. So Kaya.com. K-A-A-I-A-A.com. When you get onto the website, there'll be two buttons. One is for the live Zoom classes. The other one is for the on-demand platform. So um, you can take your pick. Uh, you can do both. People are loving the on-demand. And I actually upload, I record the Zoom classes every day and upload them to the on-demand platform for people that are, you know, in a different time zone or if you say I just want to do it at a different time. There's also a whole bunch of other workouts on there. Um, and I'm uploading content constantly so but if you just want to give it a go jump onto one of my live zoom classes and um yeah hope to see you all on the mat well thank you so much for joining me leah it's been such an amazing chat i feel like um having that sense of coming back to who you really are and making sure as well that we nurture ourselves in all those different areas so i feel like everyone will get a lot out of this episode so thank you so much for joining me Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So, guys, thank you again for listening to this episode of the Rach Active podcast. You can find Leah on Instagram at I am Leah Simmons. Also, if you want to get into those free Zoom workouts, you can head on over to kaya.com. And if you did like this episode, make sure you screenshot it and share it to your socials. And again, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the Rach Active podcast. 